Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives, airing every Tuesday. I'm Melanie Blackman, the Strategy Editor for Health Leaders. My guest for today's episode is Rhonda Jordan, who is the Executive Vice President and Chief Human Resources Officer for Virtua Health, a five-hospital, $2 billion community health system headquartered in Marlton, New Jersey. Rhonda, who has served in leadership roles at Virtua for almost 25 years, has a human resources career that has spanned over 30 years. During our conversation, Rhonda speaks about how the human resources department has transitioned from a transactional to strategic role, different workforce DEI initiatives that she's helping lead at Virtua Health to promote the organization's mission, She shares advice for future leaders and talks about how her previous roles in marketing helped serve her in working in HR. So without further ado, please enjoy our conversation. Rhonda, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Melanie, for asking me. I'm always excited and happy to share a little bit that might help others. So thank you for thinking of me. Absolutely. And it's great to speak to you again. I know last time we connected was during a previous Health Leaders Woman in Leadership Roundtable. So I'm really glad that our podcast listeners get to directly hear from you today. Yeah, great. So to start us off, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what your career journey has looked like, and a little bit of a spoiler here, (laughs) but if you could also talk about what caused the shift from you working in marketing to then working in healthcare. Well, thank you. That is a great question. And I will tell you, I've just had a remarkable journey. I received my undergraduate degree at Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas. So I am a transplant, as you know, to New Jersey and was able to also obtain my master's degree while raising three daughters all online. During my time here at Virtua, I also became Six Sigma Greenbelt trained and Star Coach trained, and I am a senior professional in human resources which is a certification that I'm most proud of through the Society for Human Resource Management. But to get to the actual question, I am a true testament that you can utilize skills learned from other industries to propel you into a different industry. So as you stated in the question, my degree is in marketing and I wanted to go into retail and be a buyer which is what I did for the first part of my career. And when I relocated to New Jersey, I realized that that's not the industry that I wanted to remain in. And I started to think about what are some of the skills that I utilized in that industry that might be replicable to a different industry. So I hired people, I coached people, I fired individuals, unfortunately. I also learned about budgeting and accounting and inventory. And so my first job here in New Jersey was working for a company where I recruited talent for organizations. And I did that for about a year and a half and then ended up at Children's Hospital 
as their director of career services. And when I went to healthcare, I truly felt this was the right place for me. I believed in the mission for what healthcare stands for. And we all know that whether it's virtual or it's another healthcare industry, you are delivering care to people who need it most. So it helped align for me with what was important in my own value set, which was helping individuals reach their potential. And I think about healthcare as well as human resources. We removed the barriers for individuals. We removed those barriers so that doctors and nurses and those other healthcare providers can provide the care and support that they need to, to those individuals who need it most. So healthcare and the transition, I'm glad that there was someone who gave me an opportunity to be able to do this job because someone took a chance on me when you think about switching industries. But I definitely have loved my journey in healthcare as well as my journey in human resources. Awesome. And then during your over 30-year career in healthcare, how has the HR department evolved over time in the sector? Oh, my goodness. And I think about my time here at Virtua, which I can't believe it's coming up on 25 years that I've been here. But even just in the 25 years here, and I was with my other organization for nine I've seen HR evolve from being a transactional department to one that is truly seen as a strategic partner and being critical to the function of the organization. And when I think about just the last two years in healthcare and human resources alone, the changes that we've been able to see, recruiting and retaining and developing talent has never been more important. And one of the examples that I think about that's happened at Virtua, we were on the cusp of talking, talking, I say, about individuals working remotely. So you didn't see that a lot in healthcare. There were some roles that could be performed at home that were done well, but for the most part, you were in the office every day. And my team now is largely remote and they are in for those important things that they need to be in for because when you think about human resources being client facing absolutely they're here when they need to be in front of an employee or when they need to be here for a particular meeting but i wouldn't have never anticipated my department would be largely remote and we've been able to do that for the past two and a half years. One of the other things that I think about when we talk about the evolution of HR from being transaction to more strategic, one of the top items for me right now and our organization is being able to develop strategies that retain our employees. I mean, we've heard about the great resignation and we know that we have individuals that are choosing to leave healthcare. And how do we create an environment where people wanna stay, that they're able to thrive and grow? So we have been focused on listening to what our employees have to say to us and developing strategies that they've helped us with. Our employees have told us what is important to them. 
They want to feel valued. They want to feel like they belong. And they also want to have a sense of purpose. And when I talked earlier about that, I felt like I had found my niche in healthcare, that niche was, I felt like I was connected to the mission of the organizations. And when I think about Virtua of helping you be well, get well, and stay well, many of our employees are aligned to that. They wanna feel that higher purpose. Our employees have told us that they don't want just a job. They want a job where they can continue to contribute and where they can grow and where they are connected to something that is bigger than themselves. So we as an organization want to ensure that we're establishing clear pathways for growth and make it easy for individuals to pursue training and development and even ongoing education. So it is that culture, HR, you know, from transactional to strategic, we are integral to helping this organization create the culture where people want to grow, thrive, and stay. Burnout is a big thing for us right now. When I talk about being able to retain individuals, I mean, people are tired. And we, as an HR department, have to create those strategies that remove that. Well, and speaking of burnout and retaining great talent, what workforce DEI initiatives are you currently leading at Virtua to promote the organization's mission and to ensure that your talent is feeling the mission and feeling the culture? The good thing about that, and I truly appreciate that question, because virtual health has been on that journey for a good number of years. So when I talk to some of my other colleagues, and as we know, two years ago with George Floyd, I think that kind of propelled organizations to relook at their inclusion, diversity, and equity strategies, and we were already on that journey. Some of the things that I want to highlight that we have done as an organization First, we had to have a common definition and language around inclusion, diversity, and equity. What is that for virtual health? And we used our colleagues. We definitely listened to the voice of the colleagues. So we created a team that defined what that was going to be for us and what were the things that we were going to focus on. And we wrapped around an inclusion, diversity, and equity committee called IDEA that's made up of highest level leaders in the organization, leaders that uh, lead our affinity groups, which I'm going to talk about shortly, and some of our physician leaders. That group has helped us develop what our agenda and our call to action would be. And we have three main goals that we focus on around elevating the value of inclusion, diversity, and equity, creating an equitable workplace and cultivating an inclusive culture. So we have strategies and tactics around those three areas. The second thing that we're most proud of that we have done is what we call our colleague communities. Affinity groups is their known a resource group by many uh, organizations that are grassroots. We let our colleagues tell us what community they want to form. And currently we have four of these groups with two more slated for this year. 
and they promote awareness and education and mentorship across the organization. It's designed as well to foster and nurture that inclusive culture and that sense of belonging. And it's a place where safe and honest dialogue can occur. And I've been so proud of some of the work that these groups have done. One that I will call out is our LGBTQ plus group out. And that group helped inform for us what our new primary care practice would be. And the, that primary care practice is called PRIDE. And as we were developing even what would be the artwork, what are the things we had to consider, who needed to be the clinicians, it was our out group that helped inform the development of that PRIDE practice, which just opened. And then the last thing that I want to highlight is, of course, you have to get on a common playing field. So I talked about we needed common language and we used our diversity and inclusion group to create the framework for us. But we also had to train our leaders and our staff around unconscious biasness, around emotional intelligence, so that we can spot these things in the workplace and we can call each other on it. We've had over 900 leaders that have participated in different education sessions, and we've also had the broader colleague community also go through different trainings. So lots of good work, and I can tell you lots more work to come. Absolutely lots of good work. Virtual is definitely, you know, walking the walk and talking the talk. It's really amazing. You know, hearing you talk about your work in the work of Virtua's HR department, it definitely, like, I can feel your excitement and your passion. And, you know, you have numerous leadership accolades, including several just this year. Um, so you were recently named one of Savoy Magazine's 2022 Most Influential Black Executives in Corporate America. And in November, you'll be receiving the Human Resources Lifetime Achievement Award from HR Department of the Year Awards. So congratulations on those. So I wanted to ask, how does your leadership style, you know, play a role in your achievements and your everyday work? Well, first of all, Melanie, I want to thank you for acknowledging uh, those accolades. And I will tell you, it is truly humbling for me because I do the work because I enjoy the work and I believe in the work. So it is definitely not for the accolades and the recognition. It's flattering for me to hear that. And I think like most people, it's hard that people see you in that way. So I do have to say that part. But I will also say that a leader needs to have a great team. And when I think about the team of individuals that I get to work with in the human resources department, I'm only as good as they are. And it is important that as a leader, you surround yourself with talented, dedicated, individuals. And we're not alike. I like having individuals that are different than me because they're able 
to challenge me to even be better. From a leadership perspective, it's about allowing individuals to thrive. It's about building the right team around you. And you're only as good as the team that you surround yourself with. I love that. Absolutely spoken as a true leader. What advice do you have for women and others in healthcare who either aspire to be leaders in the sector or in human resources? My first advice would be to pay it forward. Be an advocate for other women. You know, there are times I've had individuals that have taken me under their wing. When I talk about my first job coming out of the retail sector, someone gave me a chance. They saw something and they took me under their wing and helped me develop to the leader that I am today. So we have to do that for other women. I love coaching and mentoring others. Being that advocate and paying it forward, help someone be that mentor and that coach when you see them. My other advice is not be afraid to ask for help. Individuals are willing to help you. Other women are willing to help you. So ask for advice. And then the last thing I would say is get involved. Being involved in whatever is important to you and being able to give back. I think as women, we should do that. Well, that's wonderful advice. Well, Rhonda, again, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today and sharing your expertise. Well, thank you so much, Melanie. You make it very easy for me to do so. And thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday with more healthcare industry insights.